Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're new to the Steel Wars podcast, please hit subscribe in your podcast app of choice. And enjoy previous one-on-one interviews with the likes of Ray Park, Sam Witwer, and director Krenlink himself, Ben Mendelsohn. Or take in our hilarious 2019 Star Wars news prediction show with Courtney Everett, Riley Silverman, and Bart Freebart. And stay tuned for our wall-to-wall coverage of Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Thanks so much. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Steel Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars! And we are live at the Scum and Villainy Cantina in Hollywood, California! We are fan cantinering. Which, whether it's a fan cantina or not, I am a fan of cantinas. But this is a fan cantina, which I'm also a fan of. Has anyone ever been to a fan cantina, fan cantina? (laughs) All right. This is like the World Between Worlds episode of (laughs) that thing. But we're here. Uh, Star Wars Rebels. We had two woos and a yeah from a very familiar voice. (laughs) Whether you liked it or not, I think we should appreciate that there's Star Wars which is pretty good, because in an alternate universe, this bar's just empty. So we've got nothing to talk about. But then in another alternate universe, I'm on stage complaining that Obi-Wan Kenobi came back at the end of the series on a heli-saber and saved everyone. So I think it'd be good that we all acknowledge that we are no longer watching Disney XD, okay? Okay. <laughs> I might do that on my podcast now. After like a minute of podcast, I might go, you're listening to Steel Wars. Now back to the thing that you just turned on. Be more confident. Disney XD. Do you know what I mean? Give people at least a minute of watching before you remind them that you are watching. Because I know I'm watching. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember. All right. So that's the thing. That might get edited out. But we have got a, uh, a very eclectic and fun group of Star Wars fans to discuss this finale and uh, I hope you can give a round of applause to welcome them all on. Our first guest is a writer for StarWars.com where she blogs about Star Wars Rebels. It's Shana O'Neill, the Geek Girl Diva! <laughs> He is the editor-in-chief of MakingStarWars.net. He likes wearing sunglasses inside. Welcome, Jason Ward! He is one of the rogue rebels. You would have heard him on now. This is podcasting itself, Paralysis! In the late 90s. Did anyone know there was a late 90s? 
Well, there was, and it was many years ago. But our next guest made an awesome, seminal fan film called Troops. He also wrote for Star Wars The Clone Wars, amongst many other things. Please welcome Kevin Rubio! And our final guest sits in her bedroom and says snide things about pop culture. And we all love it. Please welcome Jenny Nicholson! Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. Welcome, everyone. Yeah. Jenny, how, how did your watching go? You promised me that you would watch the entire series by 3.30 today. <laughs> How down to the wire did things get? Um, I finished it this morning <laughs> while I was eating my breakfast. <laughs> That's why it took me a minute to respond about um, my favourite moments from the finale because I had to watch it after I read that. Yeah, I, 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 I messaged Jenny like, oh, what's your favourite moment from the finale? And there was just three dots <laughs> for about four hours this morning. <laughs> yep. You, mess, you message us at like 7 a.m. Yeah, well, podcasting doesn't sleep. Do you know what I mean? There's no, there's, no, there's no prime time in podcasting. You can listen to them whenever you want, and you can also send a DM about them whenever you want. That is the magic of uh, the internet. Yeah? Where do you think it yeah. finds the time for all that content? All that sweet, sweet content? They found me. Sorry, we're just going to shut the... Uh... Oh, my bad. We're yeah. in Hollywood. It, it's, it's too real, do you know what I mean? Down here in oh, Hollywood. Oh, I've been here. I know what yeah, you yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't look that nasty in the opening credits of Entourage, but it is, okay? <laughs> what is this? An I'm going to have to believe you. Order? Yeah. Yeah. Geek <laughs> Girl Diva, I'm very, I'm very sad you've taken your uh, sunglasses off. It's... You don't have to. It's, apparently it's pretentious from what I know, but... Um, Geek Girl Diva, uh, the Rebels is a, a Dave Filoni joint and I think maybe one of the things that defined the series was Dave trying to finish up Clone Wars in the uh, next cartoon. How, how different do you think Rebels would have been if Clone Wars got its conclusion? That's not a loaded question at all. <laughs> no. I, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, I came to... I actually saw Rebels first before I saw Clone Wars. Really? Yep. So, so Clone Wars is your Rebels prequel. It is my Rebels prequel. And I think that in a lot of ways, what the when I watched Rebels, Rebels is what made me want to watch Clone Wars. Basically we, because I didn't know who Ahsoka Tano was. Were you shocked that she used to be a Jedi? I wasn't. I wasn't. But, you know, I'm jaded. <laughs> So I personally, I think that, uh, I think that it turned out to be something that allowed him to do that, but I don't think it, there was any intention in it. And I think that actually it has a lot more to do with the fact that as things kept going and as he started building this world, I think there's a lot of question about, well, these things have happened, there's these people out there, so what, how do I answer those questions? So I didn't really see that as a, a continuation of the Clone Wars, I think it just kind of happened. Yeah, I, I, I think he wanted to get his boys in there and uh, keep their little story going. But, but that's just me. That's just me. Uh, Kevin, you have actually, you know, you've ran 
kids animation shows. You, yeah. you wrote on uh, Star Wars Rebels and you did a lot of stuff for Ben 10. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I actually I looked at your IMDb this morning at about 7am, funnily enough. <laughs> and you worked on the Thunderbirds, which I, is super I, cool. Yeah, I worked on Thunderbirds. I thought you were going to mention My Little Ponies. Oh, no, but... Cool too. But Jennifer's mind has just been blown. <laughs> Jen, would you like to... Um, we can make a sub-podcast in this podcast about My Little Pony Which now. generation? Oh, you can ask Kevin about that. Uh, Friendship is Magic, okay. 2012. So well, that's, yeah. that's the big one. Yeah. That's where the money's at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sweet pony dollar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, what things did you sort of maybe appreciate or notice about the uh, the show as as someone that's worked on a similar show that maybe the layperson would not have? Well, I think what a lot of people you know don't understand is that you you have to serve a lot of masters when you're doing a television show, uh, and it's even compounded more when it's a kids show. And the very fact that they were able to make something as good as they did with, with all of the parameters that are given, because again, this is a sh- this is a show that's geared, you know, for ten to uh, maybe maybe seven to twelve year olds. It's Disney XD, so seven to thirteen, and it's it's made to sell toys. That's that's the whole thing. So. Uh, obviously, the people behind it have a passion and a love for Star Wars, uh, but when fans tend to nitpick about certain things, I, I often notice it's, well, yeah, but you also have to realize what the age range is, uh, the kind of the marching orders from Disney. Um, I think we were talking earlier before the show uh, that uh, several of the characters, there wasn't going to be a Jedi Knight but that Disney wanted one because they wanted to sell lightsabers. So now you gotta come up with a character that will fit the story. And uh, so I appreciate the work that all of the writers and the creators go into, you know, adhering to the parameters that they have set before them and yet still managing to turn out a really good show. Um, uh, you know, and one that I think that, that follows uh, the the excellence that was set by the Clone Wars. Particularly Bombay Jedi. Oh, particularly, yes, absolutely. That was, Probably that, the that, best show that, that yeah. out of all of That them. was a classic. That yeah. was like oh, My Little Pony my Good. God, no, okay. <laughs> 2012. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, uh, My Little Pony IMDB in the middle of the panel. Uh, Jason, um, something that we've talked about a fair few times is... You know, it, it's on Disney XD. It's skewed a little bit younger, but I, I don't know. I, I sort of feel like more than any other Star Wars thing, it skews super young and then super old quite quickly. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's been a lot of wackiness, but then there's been Imperials getting decapitated in the same show. And I always fell back on the thing of like, don't like. I understand it's Disney XD, and I understand it's Star Wars, and for me. I always think that Star Wars, everyone should try to be about 12. To, do you know what I mean? Get in that 12-year-old mindset. That's not hard. No. For him. No, I'm not for me. At, I'm always at 12. <laughs> <laughs> should have heard him last night. <laughs> it's on Disney XD, but it's quite marketed to like the adult audience. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing like when it shows up in like EW or something. Because you're like, is this for 
for me or is it for, for children? I mean, like, ultimately, what it comes down to is that families can ingest that and then all together and have that family experience. Family. But at the same time, the really angry, sad nerd inside me gets really frustrated with it. <laughs> you know, I, I admit it. You know, it, it is. It's, it's, it's like pathetic. It's like, you had your time, you're 38, get over it. But I'm still sitting there for my 22 minutes, and it's still my 22 minutes, man. But family. Family. Lessons. What, what, what peaked out your, your nerdometer? Oh, God. Do you want to go there already? In there. <laughs> Darth, Darth Maul or Maul? Maul having that fight where they just stared at each other? I see. I, I like the fight. Yeah. See, I, I, I like. See, okay. If that was the only thing that ever happened in that moment, like in that part of the galaxy, like if all lightsaber battles that year are going to be that, cool. But we know we're going to get some other movie where Obi Wan Kenobi doesn't just hold the lightsaber and then like take two steps and move his foot around. There's going to be like Ewan McGregor's going to be doing backflips and flash dancing on people and be like, what's going on? It doesn't make sense now. Like, yeah, I, I don't think you can judge it on future things that are going to contradict it. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, oh, that is very oh, hard. But when you're right, you're right. No, no. When it happens, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm like, with just, you. just to oh, be fair, like, just to get away from future, like, let's just go with what we got. We already have Ewan McGregor doing 17 backflips and high ground and all that stuff. And we have Alec Guinness on the other side. Putting this where it is and in that place, like you said to me a few, like we've had this, this is a leftover conversation from, uh, now this is podcasting, by the way. Uh, like, still right, it rages keep, on. You keep talking about The conversations about, like, well, like, that making Star Wars rejects. And, like, that's all they could do. Like, I've seen lightsaber fights in Rebels that are longer, so I don't think it's a budget thing. I think it was a deliberate choice to be a samurai influence, which to me sold exactly what it was supposed to be. And I think it's one of the most beautifully shot and most skillfully executed homages to what the original idea of what a oh, what like that Jedi That's that Jedi ness that Obi Wan Kenobi rose above is. I got DJ troops over here. I don't know what is happening. Chill out on the sound effects, Winslow. Um, One last text. Well, it, it's weird you bring like the the fight. The fight I actually enjoyed, it was everything... When is Ezra going to tell anyone that he met Ben Kenobi? You, you That's keep why talking I want another cartoon series. And there goes my saber. But we've had this conversation before, and I think your suspicion is misplaced because, to me, Chopper would be telling everybody. <laughs> Chopper was there. <laughs> why is it on Ezra? Ezra would keep the secret because Ezra would understand. But Ezra would be like, look, I'm not supposed to be here. Dude. Bye. I'm not supposed to be here today. R2-D2 has set the precedent that droids ain't saying shit to anyone. Right? <laughs> then we should be all good on that he, level then. He's been first-hand watching incest. He's, 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 done a, he's seen it all. I don't seem to remember wow, ever owning a droid. Very, uh, very quiet circuited about then that. Then I think we understand each other, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about how the, you know, it, it was designed for people to watch with their family. Now, you took that advice... Family. ...kind of to heart, excessively. I've forced my family to do a lot of things. <laughs> and this is definitely something that... <laughs> it's like that, you know, they find those, the, the families that they're all living in the cellar and stuff on the National Enquirer. I want them to do an expose about you. 
father makes children dress up children like fantasy characters. Children in garage sewing Velcro onto things. You're pretty. You're pretty good at that because now you one would of them think it would be note. like that. But you, when that expose happens, you would find it that it is me in the garage sewing Velcro onto the things. <laughs> Say the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say the line. So I will also defer that responsibility slash guilt onto my beautiful wife because this was her idea. So, like, you want to step back in time four years? I was like, Cowboy Jedi? Who wants to be a Cowboy Jedi? Dude, I'm from Texas, dude. I live Cowboy Jedi, son. <laughs> I'm all about Metal Jedi Voss now. Like, I don't need Cowboy Jedi. And then they were like, I'm dead. Well, yeah, Axel does look like Ezra. Like, so looks like Ezra. I can't see him now, but he does look like Ezra. Like, if you've seen him, you probably agree with him. He's finally made his escape. Yeah. (laughs) He's in another part of the galaxy with a blue dude. Like, don't even say that, because now all I can think is, one last time. I feel like this is a psychiatrist session for you, Sal. <laughs> You're just going on monologues and then... Do you have a bigger couch? <laughs> I do not. I, I wanted to say something about the, uh, the Darth uh, Maul, Obi-Wan Kenobi fight. Because, I mean, I, a lot of people, and I'm, myself included, I'm sure wanted to see a, a, a big bang you know, fight with lots of choreography. But ultimately, you have to... You have to service the story and what the story and what the characters are telling you ahead of what your nerd, you know, senses want to happen. And uh, so that was right for what the story called. Uh, and, and as far as, you know, why Ezra hasn't told anybody, I'm pretty sure when, uh, when Hera and Kanan were getting jiggy with it sometime, he, he told it to let Bail Organa. You know, so. I thought you were gonna say <laughs> like Ezra runs in while they <laughs> like for all those for all those listening that are not you. here. I was nodding the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking can, of yeah. ignited things, I met Ben Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine, yeah, he walks in. I've got something to tell. Oh, let me. I'll come back later. Um, the, the only other, the only one else around is Bale. <laughs> Very sus. Now. Jenny, you, as we just talked about, you're sort of playing catch-up. Yeah. So, so you got to, like, really binge on everything happening at once. Mm-hmm. And in Rebels, there's a lot of things on paper that are quite jaw-dropping. You know, you had, you had sure. space whales, you mm-hmm. had yeah. inverted commas, time travel. You had heli-savers. Yeah. Watching it all in a, uh, a mad dash, what was the biggest sort of jaw-dropping, like, whoa, this is in Star Wars? Um, well, my favorite episode is that one. It might have been two or three episodes. It felt like it went on a long time. Where they go to that new base and just giant spiders are there. And it's just just Krikna. a really long sequence of giant spiders breaking in. And then they're like, oh, they're in the airlock. And more giant spiders. And then it was really just, just mindless fighting giant spiders. Like, it was definitely a filler episode. But, like... It was the best one. Like, and I was thinking, like, how are kids not going to have nightmares from the imagery of, like, you look out to your tiny little, like, 
ventilation shaft and you see the like eight legs coming out of it and just this giant impossibly huge spider body that wouldn't have fit down that corridor squeezing into your ship they were relentless what did they want what, like why were they doing this why were they chasing the spaceship and crawling on the outside of it like they were like redneck spiders that were just like it was spite at that point like get off my property um Sal <laughs> They yes, do sir. what they yes, do. Sir. You do a lot of talking about uh, rebels. What, what was the motivation of these giant spiders? The think? motivation of the giant spiders were to web down the ghost in a way so that they could feed on its occupants on their own time. That was what they did, but like, what was their ambition? Food. Um, <laughs> but when the, they have the Sith holocron and it's just gently resting perfectly uh, no, on the, the back. No, the Bendu gave them the Sith holocron. Did he just go... For safekeeping. Not And just gently them? just set it right on top. But like... Don't move. He didn't... It'll like, fall off. They placed it there. <laughs> but they have no interest body. in the Sith holocron, so it's just more of a place where nobody else can get to it. How did it stay on so well? Because it's They forced. were treating it like a gentle hat. Like... It was such a, a wonderfully floating object that... It was well lit, too, if you think now about it. It was. It was well lit. Like, yeah. they knew their angles. I have this image now of Bendu sort of tiptoeing into the cave to put the Sith all across the Yeah, like, putting his shoulders on the like, door jams. Like a reverse Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be worth it. Dude, the presentation is, is perfect. Well, they, they were the Macquarie spiders, yeah? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, that was their motivation, was nostalgia. Okay. Yeah. Wait, were they from a thing? They, I think it was a concept of Empire Strikes Back, like on Dagobah, there was going to be those spiders. We didn't have those. But now they're in the ship. If, if I had to like go on... Swamp. Now they're like a Sith mantelpiece. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I was hoping they would come back when everyone was coming back for the finale. Like, the gang's all getting back together. I thought there was going to be a moment where it's like dire straits... We need backup. We're overrun. And then you hear like Rick rumbling, now. like you see the rocks trembling, like Jurassic Park. And then it's a stampede of the spiders. And then they're like the cavalry. No, they're like, Kanan, there's way too many space insects. Who do we call? The space spiders. The space spiders. And they get them yeah, all it's like work. little flies. It's enemies that look like yeah. little fly men. How do we defeat these men? They're like little flies. <laughs> they take care of jetpack troopers. Yeah. Uh, let's go a bit into the characters. Why do I? Why am I a big hair girl? Yeah, because <laughs> she's a badass. Harrison Dula is one of the, if not the, most capable females aside from Leia that we've seen in Star Wars. She's a pilot. She's a fighter. She's strategically stellar. Um, she is fearless and still manages to. Um, have a fine-ass boyfriend? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it all comes out. <laughs> you Snagged know, th things translate into animation quite differently. Snagged so. yourself a hot boyfriend. And um, no, I just think she's amazing. And I think that, um, that she is uh, really a representation. It's nice to watch the show because what you get... And, and it's not to, to diminish anybody else. It's that we, we've had the, the most time with Hera as a character in four years and however many episodes where we've gotten to see all the things that she is and the things that she can do. So to me, she's the most well-rounded and I can, you can see so many different things about her. So, I mean, I love her. 
And I also think that I still say she's a better pilot than Han Solo. Agreed. I'm waiting for Solo a Star Wars story because I need to see how the ship flies. But if you put, you put Hera in the air, given just the mechanics of what it is she's been able to do in the Ghost and, and the B-Wing and the Y-Wing and the X-Wing and everything else she flies, she's the most skilled pilot. I think she, the fact is she outran Darth Vader. Um, so I'm really waiting to see it, but she's capable as all get out. How was it as, as such a huge fan when she got a shout out in Rogue One? We you, you screaming? I in lost the my mind. I lost my mind. Did you get it the first time? I got tipped. Like somewhere I didn't know right away and I found out after. And um, so I didn't know the first time. I didn't know about Chopper the first time. Someone had to tell me. And then once I knew, I went back and I'm like, like a little kid, you know. <laughs> when I heard it, like I was so excited. Now, for someone that thinks about Rebels a fair bit, answer me this. When did that little green dude get conceived? I have uh, almost an exact idea, which is in... I, I just have, I, I'm serious. I have to say for everyone listening at home, Arash from the Sith List is in the front row, and when he heard that question, he nodded like, yeah, yeah. that's what we want to get to. That's what we want to so get to. So my theory is... My theory is that after the scene in the alleyway with the almost kiss in, uh, I get horny in, in Occupation, <laughs> that the following episode, Flight of the when Defender, the when you see the, the hair, uh, Sabine and Ezra and Ryder and Zeb all off trying to deal with what's going on at the Empire Airfield, Kanan and Hare are up in uh, Ezra's tower. Sorry, Ezra. And uh, they're alone. So I'm pretty sure that's when, uh, when, when Jason was conceived. I'm not saying that's a lot the first time they'd had sex in a while, but I do think that's when it was conceived. I'm very curious to hear the space version of Let's Get It On. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's when I think it happened. I actually think that may be when things got rekindled with the two of them, but that's conversation for Do you think if the ghost is rocking, you should be knocking? I don't think, that, I don't think the ghost was rocking, but I know this is, this is contrary to what a lot of people believe. I think it used to, um, but I think once the kids came along, kind of like any marriage, things slowed up. Wow. Oh, come on. Y'all are harsh. So you're also gauging like the quality of that encounter, and you're just like, it probably wasn't great. Like, is that, is that our takeaway? I don't know, man. If it had been that long, and I thought I was worried about I was going to die, it would have been great. Okay, okay. Enthusiasm at all time so high. There's so much that I want to say, but I'm gonna say nothing because there are people over there that I was part of procreating. <laughs> <laughs> so does that answer your question? Do you like ever look over to them and, and wish that they were conceived on a spaceship? How do you know they weren't? <laughs> Uh, Kevin, as, as a long-time fan, you, uh, were you excited to see Grand Admiral Thrawn get blue-skinned up? I was happy for the character. I'll be very, very honest. I never read the, uh, the Empire Trilogy, Heir to the Empire Trilogy. You are a very distinguished fake fan. <laughs> now, you know, Heir to the Empire came out when I was concentrating on other stuff, like what Caden and... And, and Hera were 
doing an episode. What was that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Ten point six or 10.7? We'll go the occupation <laughs> and a half. <laughs> Jason, Ezra, by the end, we'd had a rocky road following his ups and downs. But I have to say, in maybe like the last, maybe the last like that six season, that six episode thing, he. I don't know, it felt like he got to the place that maybe he should have been to a bit earlier in the series. Yeah. But he, he actually, like, I was rooting for him. Is that, I hope that's not just an Australian term. Um, it's not. All right, I was, I was vouching. You're finding his bones. Yeah. <laughs> rooting, rooting is fine. Stick with rooting. Yeah, but how did you find he ended up? Yeah, by, by the very end, I, I was totally on board for the, for the final three episodes. That guy was the guy that I wanted to see a little bit earlier in the show. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed him at the end once, once Kanan was gone. Like, if I got the armchair, the whole thing, I would have killed this guy at the end of uh, three and then had Ezra be a little bit aimless for a time and then figure <laughs> out that he, he has to do this on his own. But when he does start, when he does start executing his plans and stuff like that, that's when it, I thought he was... Uh, finally heroic and not just kind of Ferris Buellering the whole thing where he comments on what everybody else is doing. Yeah, because at times he was sort of the substitute Luke Skywalker and the substitute Jar Jar Binks. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it's true, no. man. When he's got that jetpack and he's yes. like, whoa! Like, okay, I, oh, I, I, I hear it. The Force, I can't, oh no. Yeah, but then... But then, like, when he... I, I don't know if it's the first episode or it's the end of the first season, but when he does that broadcast, the, you know... Call like, to action. We're out there and, like, I'm like, oh, this, this is a yeah. great character. Like, I think maybe Star Wars Second Underworld season. used that as their intro. But whenever I hear that, I'm like, yeah, that was... And he sort of... I think my issue was that he got to this maturity with that broadcast and then he kept, like... It seemed almost like a traditional 80s cartoon where nothing changed. Like, they had an adventure and then it started from scratch. Like, I was like, you're not developing. Like, you're not sort of learning the lessons. And I've had people tell me, it's like, well, that's kids are like that. They don't learn the lesson. And it's like, yeah, but tell I don't want to know it. about your parental issues. Yeah. I want to go on space adventures. If we're going to make it real at one point, let's not make it real there. Um, I, I think that it, with Ezra and his parents, like, early on, He's really interesting because of the parent issue. And then with Kanan kind of becoming the substitute father and stuff like that, that's where I think like it was really interesting. And then once he sort of, ex once his parents were gone and that mystery was kind of out of the way and there was a time where I, don't, I didn't really know what Ezra really wanted or what he needed or what he was doing other than going to Jedi school. Although, to be fair, at that time, I don't think Ezra really, wanted, really knew yeah. what he wanted or what he was not, doing. He's not real. So yeah. they made that. They made it that way. But he feels real. Yeah. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> how many of you people went to, like, high school and didn't know what the hell you wanted to do when you got out? Thank you. Like, how many of those people got movies made about them and TV series? Not many. Hi, one, Luke Skywalker one, one. just wanted to go into Tashi Station and pick up some power converters. Come and the, on. And, <laughs> and he still did stuff like that Two in the other movies. But they cut, they, they cut that part for a reason. Yeah, but also, this, <laughs> literally, like, in certain cases, you got to admit, no. Luke Skywalker was, like, totally on it. And then he'd be like, hey, you like, but oh, I like sure. that girl, and now you like her. Get away from her. I'm, come on. You know, yeah. What version of Star Wars are you watching? <laughs> 
seriously? Oh, if you read that Last Jedi novel, him, he and Cammy, they were about to get down. Okay, now you're scaring that me. That was intriguing. It wasn't it? Anyway, off topic. That's why they cut you know, that out. As, as to, you know, again, kind of pulling it back into the production aspect, you have to realize with the development of, of all of the characters, not just Ezra, but as we've seen from the Clone Wars, you're not guaranteed that the show is going to get the ending you want. Every year after you've finished uh, a season, you're waiting to hear from a network, did we get the pickup? Do we get to continue the story? So you might have plans you know, to carry this character out and then not know if it's going to happen. And so you know, every, every year when you hear you've gotten a pickup, it's a reassessment of, okay, where do we take the story this year? Do we wrap it up? Do we have more things that we want to say? And, you know, so it's, it really is a gift that, that they were able to not only wrap this show and give it a, a really beautiful send-off, but wrap up the stuff in the Clone Wars that they didn't think they would ever get to do. Does that change that it's, like, in-house? Like, it's on a Disney channel? Like, does that, like, no. lessen the burden? No, no if it did, I mean, if it's not getting the ratings... You know they 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 won't they won't uh, they won't renew it. It's an expensive show. It's one of the most expensive cartoon shows on television. I know two ninety nine on mean, iTunes. We're, we're, we're talking <laughs> <laughs> as far as from, from a production. Uh, you know I don't know the exact numbers, but we're approaching you know medium level prime time uh, a budget for this. So young Sheldon numbers, are we talking? For, for, from, for, from a budget standpoint, probably. Okay, and thus concludes the only time in my life where I'll reference <laughs> young Sheldon. Thank you. Those, those billboards paid off. If you're getting the strange sensation that your eyes are getting jealous of your ears, it is because this full episode recorded live at Scum and Villainy Cantina has also been uploaded in video form at youtube.com forward slash Steel Wars. See our bewildered reactions when Sal goes into deep thought about Kanan and the Rebels family. Unmissable. We also have super funny enhanced podcast highlights and other clips from our various live podcasts. Check it out at youtube.com forward slash Steel Wars. Now, Jennifer, you let me know that you're a bit of a Chopper fan. I love Chopper. What, do you, what did you enjoy about his <laughs> antics? I, I, I actually mean, thought, you're touch you and go. Like I just I wouldn't know whether you would hate Chopper or you would buy I every stuffed ever animal. I only loved Chopper. Okay, go into that. Okay, well, I like droids to begin with, and Chopper is like the meanest droid. Like, he's just very spiteful in a way that like keeps taking you by surprise. Like, R2-D2 is sassy, Chopper is spiteful. <laughs> like, there's that one scene where like uh, Ezra's having hallucinations that Maul is talking to him, and he faints, and then Chopper like wheels into the room and he's like, nap time's over! And everyone's like, Chopper! But like, yeah, I mean, he's got a point. <laughs> there's also he wasn't in, in his own like faculties of himself in this episode but there's that one episode where he gets hacked and he's literally just flying through space brandishing two guns and just shooting at his friends and that was an amazing visual I 
saw a clip of that where he was wheeling down a corridor or something and he had his two little arms out and he had blasters in each. <laughs> and I was like, how did I forget this moment? But at the same time going, thank God I forgot this moment. Well, and he'll like kick people in the shins. Like he'll just smack them for no reason. I, I, I respect that. That's the Mandalorian episode. He's, he's like a, a space shopping trolley. And best of all, he's not sure. a giant spider. Well, I wouldn't mind if he was both, but we can't have everything. <laughs> and, of course, Chopper, Dave Filoni voiced a final Easter egg. Oh, really? Egg. Yeah. I didn't know that. In I don't know any meta stuff about this show. <laughs> they have to tell me. Do you know Anthony Daniels plays C-3PO? Who's that? <laughs> oh, you mean in the finale, in that C-3PO sequence? No, just in all the films, I mean. I've seen the finale. Dave, Dave became the voice by default. He, really? Well, yeah. He, you know, when they were presenting the uh, uh, the presentation to to Bob Iger at Disney, they didn't have a, a voice. We're in Hollywood. We can call him yeah. Bobby I. Uh, <laughs> they didn't have a voice for Chopper. Junior. So David, Dave did it. Mm-hmm. And 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 Bob remarked how much he loved the droid. And He's so great. that was like, great, I'm, I'm stuck doing it. So. I love the voice. I, I love that scene where, um, spoilers, are we spoilers? Sure. Kanan yeah. Jarrus has just died. Um, and, and then Hera's in her cave and she's talking to Chopper and he's comforting her. It's a very serious scene. She's like weeping over her lost love and the droid rolls up and he's like, and it's like the, the score is like beautiful and Hera's like I know I'll never forget him and Chopper's like burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> he's you know, an amazing you're laughing but that shit was hot to death <laughs> you know and it's funny several people in the audience are tearing up yeah, at the recreation yeah. of that poignant scene and I would like I would like to point out that at the time that that happened my first thought was Oh my gosh, I've never heard Chopper sound so sweet. I Every know. single time Chopper demonstrates emotion, it's, it's weird. at the most important parts. Like, it's that part, and if you look back at season two, the episode Legacy, where Kane, uh, Ezra finds out what happens to his parents, like, Ezra finds out that his parents are dead. And he kind of turns to Kanan, and he, like, gives him a hug, and he's like, you know, I know. And then you'll see Chopper, and he'll just be like, hmm. With his little, like... I'm demonstrating a claw, I believe. Hey, when Chopper reached up to hold Hera's hand and then her hand closed around his, I burst into tears. It's Chopper that leads Kanan through Malachor. It's Chopper that's there, like, comforting Ezra's leg at that point. Like, it's when Chopper, like I said, when Chopper demonstrates emotion, it's important. I'm glad we're videoing this so we've got you making the little hand thing and you were staring oh, at it so <laughs> I was really trying to get it right like I'm not a good chopper cosplayer that I leave that to my teddy bear um, so like I find it tough <laughs> you're an interesting person to know so <laughs> thank you give him another drink that's a good idea word word let's keep going Shana, you, you do these, um, like, the, the best things or the, the five top things. The ranking rebels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, was your, what was your highest ranked episode? What, what peaked it out for you? Oh, that's hard. That's really not easy because there's different moments in different episodes. 
Honestly, at this point, I'm not going to lie. Um, if it involved Cannon and Hera, I was excited about it. Straight Don't up. you? And I absolutely, I, I'm going to out myself right now in the middle of the finale screening. The second I saw Jason Solo, I squeed. Jason who? Jason. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Jason Sindula. <laughs> Thank you. But no, no, no uh, connection at all. Absolutely not. Uh, when, I, when I saw Jason Sindula, I squeed so loud. That it, and it was so high-pitched, I'm sure dogs in the neighborhood turned their heads. And then right after that, into my hand, I was like, baby! I mean, I was like, flipping out. That, 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 is, that is a good like, review of a cartoon. Like, that cartoon was so good, local dogs were disturbed. There you go. Like, just so you guys know, we were at the screening with her. And as, like, the thing finished... What a shock that you were and, at a rebel and, screening. And we were walking up the aisle, myself and my <laughs> wife, the beautiful Hera. We're walking up the aisle. All I see is you stand up Crying. and yell to my wife, We have a baby! <laughs> And then hugs were exchanged. There were a lot of tears involved. Like, it was a good time, brother. I can't. I, I mean, that's honestly, I love the show and I love a lot of things about it. But if you have to ask me about my top moments, it's they're all candy and hair related. I can't help it. How I was you, there from day one. Did you, um, I don't know, I, I, I sort of, after reading like A New Dawn, like kind of missed those characters, like, like that vibe. I guess that you're reading an adult book and then it's transferring into a, a kid's cartoon, but like I kind of like the the bar like I have Kanan. a theory about this. For note that for people that are not here, I am a new Don Kanan today. Yes, he Bye. Is. Um, I have a theory about this because you also see the two of them being flirtatious in Machine and the Ghost, which is one of the four shorts that they did. Um, and one of the things I think is that they did those four shorts, as I understand it, as a presentation. That that was one of the ways they sold the show. Sorry. And, um, and that I think what happened was once they presented everything to Disney, I think Disney was like, ixnay on the romance ray. Like, knock it off. We don't need romance. This is a kid's show. So I think it sort of just got kind of put away. And then over time, as Dave got more freedom and as the show continued to go on, you started to see little things pop up. They were so, more affectionate in the first season. So what? They were more affectionate in the first they, season. In the speaking in the way they weren't for sure. Yeah. And I mean, in the, especially in the end when, when they saw each other and there's hugs. But right. it wasn't something that, like when I saw the whole almost kiss, I was waiting for the two of them to kind of flirt with each other. It was always a very like... Loaf. Underlined and like the way, like even coming from where you come from, like reading a new dawn, yeah. not only is where we decided to switch costumes with the family, but is where we did like that sort of give us gave us the understanding. To me, it was always that Kanan was madly in love with this woman, yeah. and she also felt something for him, but was hella busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> does does um, which I can relate to. Does does limiting the uh, romance in the show make it more appealing when it goes down, or does it mean that the show lo missed out on a lot of opportunities because people like it so much? I think that personally, I think that it was one of those where it was something that you just kind of, if you read the books, you had it there and it was like background. You just kind of put it in the back of your head. If you didn't read the books, you didn't know, so you didn't know what you were missing. 
And then by the time things, it kind of really showed up and was around, you just sort of always had this feeling. It never got declared, really, until the fourth season. Right. No time for love, Dr. Jones. Right. <laughs> right. But, you, but the fun part is... But the fun part is when you watch the show, there's little things and there's stuff that like when Dave Filoni do, did the art, like he did like a, a an art you know piece for Star Wars Rebels, and in the in the artwork at the movie theater, Kanan's got his arm around Hera, like right, the old right, you right. know like boyfriend at the movies thing. So giving her a card that says, "Will you choo choo choose me?" Yes, <laughs> because that was what like tripped me Check out in the in show the when they go to kiss and it's like that big moment. I was like, I thought they were always hooking up based off of the other stuff. And then at the end, and they have the kid, I'm like, so they were always hooking It was kind of confusing. Yeah, it will all be explained in my fan fiction okay. coming up. I kind of feel like, like if I just try to think about it and just imagine that I had four seasons of them just being like, all right, I'm going on a mission. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't really play the same way. I really like the, like, the slow and under... Like, that it's in the background, that it's so in the background. Like, it's not in the background for him, I always felt, but it's definitely in the background for her because she's focused on general Hera she's things. She's got work to do. Yeah, dude, she's... <laughs> Sal, I think you're projecting so much. To me, your whole, like, reading of Kanan and Hera's relationship is you and Liz at, like, a convention. And, you, and oh, yeah, she's busy. She loves me, but she's busy. Yeah. I don't think She'll you talk to me when I get home. You don't yeah. understand how much Rebels <laughs> has affected my life. <laughs> Look at me! <laughs> <laughs> it's been the most fun as a shipper, to be completely honest. It's been so great. Yeah, I, I kind of like how it went that once they got the, the kids and they had the mission that it sort of dropped off and then you know, towards the end. And it wouldn't have had the impact otherwise. But the romantic thing that I am most thankful for is that er Ezra, Ezra and like, Sabine never oh, got together. Yeah. Just, Absolutely. Like, four seasons of him trying to hook up with her would... <gasps> wow. Remember, I was so happy when that ended. When his crush ended, I was thrilled. Remember the comment you just said about how, like, projecting on your family makes things weird? That is an especially <laughs> weird one that we, like, put down in our family. Because no. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing with you guys dedicating you so much to these characters. It has led to some, some questions. Like, we did... It'll be, when you guys get home, it'll be up on the podcast feed. But we did a podcast with Sal's family about their cosplaying with the, the rebels and stuff and originally Sal's daughter Lizzie was Hera and then on the podcast Lizzie tells this story like yeah originally I was Hera then the book came out and it was too weird right? we, 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 we had to make moves that weekend like we had to start sewing like things had to start happening like, and it took us until season two to get it done did you have no inkling before the book? no because all we saw was like, hey, that character looks like my... Like, first of all, like, you haven't heard the story, but if you listen to Steel Wars, you'll get the full thing, but I'll give you the brief version. Uh, the Sabine looked like my wife. Ezra looked like my kid. And they connected with those characters immediately. My, my daughter and myself were like, I guess I'll do a cowboy Jedi and a pilot. And that's how it started. 
But like they were clearly an us. item like the whole time. Like, but they weren't clearly an item before the show came out. It was so broadcast. It was before the show came out. And those meet meet such and such videos. There was nothing. The team mom and the team dad. It wasn't even a mom and a dad. Team mom, team dad. It is now. Like you can look back and say that shit, but when I was sewing in my garage, no, nobody time. said that shit. No, no action figures out. The little Nothing. plush in the box and Target are like, no, those not two. even a new dawn. Very, very broadcast. Jenny, be careful. You're gonna send him to therapy. <laughs> Do you think that informed your choices of costume? It definitely did when we started rebuilding. Okay. Uh, let's talk. Time travel. How did you find that, Jen? I was like, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah, I. The, the problem with it is, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm worried about the future. Oh, that won't bring it back. Everybody, everybody thinks that this is a new thing. It's existed since Empire. And besides, they knocked the temple down. Oh. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. Oh, I want your input now. As they say in Australia. It's Gonzo. <laughs> if y'all right. know me, no y'all know I like Star Wars. Uh, what were you saying about what were you saying about Empire? It, it, the the time travel in in Star Wars has existed since Empire, where Yoda is teaching Luke the Force, and he says, "Through the Force, things you will see: the future, the past." Yeah, but he didn't say things you will touch. No, no. But if you can imagine the construct and the way that they that they revealed. The, the room that Ezra finally, the, 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 uh, the, the space that Ezra finally finds himself in. If you imagine that all Jedi are tapping into that realm, and that is how they're seeing the future and the past, their visions are coming from that place. And, and Ezra was just one because of his access to the temple and to the portal was one to experience it all at once and actually see the physical manifestation of the visions of the future and the past that all Jedi get. And you could, you could see the gradual progression of that throughout the series. When he first uh, uh, encounters uh, that space, it's just stars and nothing else. And then, uh, and that's when he gets his lightsaber crystal. Kyber. And then later on, when he's uh, uh, when he has a vision, he's walking through, and a bit more of that space is revealed to him. Mm -hmm. And then finally, in the fourth season, the entire space is revealed to him. So, you know, future, past, present, time travel—that's all existed. For for me though, like you see Anakin having like that vision of Padme dying. And it's such a different kind of way of interpreting that idea. And then that's where, it, that's where I think it gets difficult for, for fans to go into like, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I think that it like, like tapping into that visually in those two different ways is where it becomes confusing and where it becomes kind of, kind of scary. Ultimately though, f for me, my thing with it was did that need to happen in that way, in that, in that part? It like, so did. Be, because because <laughs> if, if, it, if it didn't yeah. need to happen in that way, you wouldn't have seen it. That's what the story dictated. Yeah, but no, it's not. I mean, it, it didn't need to happen that way as, as you see it. I, I, but, but that was the story. And what if... But, but well, see, the, the thing about it was it, it wasn't just a vision. They brought somebody from point A to point Z using that. 
that is, I think, where the big difference comes, is there's a difference between seeing a possible outcomes, yeah. possible, like, like the possibilities, well, and being manipulated through it, and then actually like, using it as a, a gateway. That's where it becomes kind of scary. Like, it's, it's strange. Like, when they were doing it on um, Lothal, when they were kind of like moving through the planet's core and doing stuff like that, and mm -hmm. that kind of strange stuff, it's like kind of fun and like different. Mm -hmm. But it becomes strange when, like, they could have just had Hera, she was trapped in a Malachor like limbo, and then Ezra brings her out. And then you're like, okay, cool. But instead, it introduces a concept that could, I think, potentially be dangerous in the wrong writer's hands with the wrong approval. Well, but the concept of, of stopping people from dying was introduced in episode three, so mm -hmm. how do you know that... But it didn't work. But, but everybody yeah, Palpatine was lying well, no, about that one. it didn't work. It, it, it stopped... It stopped uh, 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 Plagueis. Oh, God. Anakin's bad one. Plagueis? Ahsoka? Ahsoka. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it stopped... It, it, uh, uh, Ezra stopped Ahsoka from dying. Yeah. Which, to be fair, is like the second time she got stopped from dying. Yeah, yeah I think it's because somebody loves their character a little yeah. too much. No, no, no. Just to get back to like this little, little bit, I like, I like the, the way that, um, uh, like, the, I think the piece that Anakin sees and the advice that he has given in those critical moments where Yoda's like, yo, let it go, dog. Just train yourself to let go of all of that shit. Street wars. And then he doesn't. But I think that's also representative of the limitations and the restrictions and the place that the Jedi are in at that moment. Mm -hmm. That I think that Ezra learning these things from like not only a Jedi that's not in place, like not trying to sound make myself sound cool, even though I'm not Kanan, but like those like outside of those restrictions of the Jedi at their fall, I think this really makes Yoda's advice to Anakin crystal clear in that you see that that's part of the Jedi's failing. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that adds to the overall story, not only just the story in Rebels. So then, why? But that's just me. Ahsoka just go through the time thing and then stop Anakin from going to the opera. But the way they built a time thing, it's not such a like pick and pull and chicken pick and choose. Dude, you would be pissed if you're on the way to the sweet space opera and all of a sudden you're in this black room. No, like, I'm not going with you. Six. I got tickets to the opera. <laughs> Dude, she. He got box seats, son. Box seats. Yeah. It's just, I, I think it didn't happen in Star Wars until now for a reason. I'm about to watch Mon Cal swim. But I think... <laughs> I think the event in itself is fine. It's, it's like introducing... Like, you're introducing into baseball that it can bounce once and you can catch it in one hand. And I it's like, that's great on the first game. But then when you're doing it at the World Series, it's like, this is a bit too much. So it's, it's introducing that concept and like I, I get with like Empire Strikes Back but this is this is a physical like they, they like poltergeist that shit they like take her out of the spirit world and like drop her over here she I said still she wasn't in the spirit a, world <laughs> she wasn't in the spirit world okay I'm just making a joke no but what I'm saying is, I, I think that part no, no but she was she was she was yeah yeah he brings her out he of, pulled her out of, out of the temple right yeah and then it's just it, it it seems cheap. It seems like they didn't want to kill her, which was the thing that should have happened, didn't do it, then needed to come up with an answer, and then was like, well, that makes all of that make sense, and Ezra could talk to animals. I think that 
He always that, that's what it, that's what's I really like like how I mean I, I like it. I'm I'm down to go with the fantasy. I, I, I in the end like with the ending that we got, dude. I like the ending, but those sunglasses prove that you're happy to go with any fantasy. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't going to wear them until you introduced me as the sunglasses guy. <laughs> I th- if I, I may, think, I think the, that, um, oh. that what's interesting about this is that Star Wars is this huge, intricate concept. There's a lot that's gone on over the space of 40 years. Yeah. And the fact that we've looked at things like the Force, and we just accept the Force because the Force is just something that's told to us, and it's this, and it surrounds all living things and whatever, and we accept it. Between the rock and the tree and all that shit. Right, right. <laughs> you know, oh, you can lift yeah. an X-wing. Okay. And I think that the difference is, is that there's a couple things that happen here with what Dave did. I think that if you really look at the basis of it, there's nothing that Dave did in Rebels that negates or in any way actually changes the nature of the Force. No, ex- no, I, I, but, but no. What I I'm saying is it that. expands it, but it also has its own limitations in that. Right. I, I think like how Ryan, Ezra Ryan was there, and Ezra reached in. He reached out to grab Ahsoka. By the same token, I think that the Emperor couldn't get in. Right. He needed Ezra. I think one of the reasons that we talked about this, I think, was that that, that whole vision of Kanan was actually sent by the Emperor. And the second vision as well, And I that think. the Emperor was trying to get Ezra to reach through and grab Kanan. And that when he did, if he had done it, he would have pulled the Emperor through. Right. The Emperor wanted entry into that space. Sure. So I think part of it is, is that there are limitations within that. And hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. That you have all these different rules that are actually in place to be able to get in there in the first place. So it's not like you can just push a button in an elevator, step into the world between worlds, and be like, I want to go to this place. Right. It's not like right. you have a DeLorean and it could just punch right. in a date at <laughs> but, a random but, right. place, but, October 13th. For, for me, it's an issue of taste. Like in, in Last Jedi, I think it's really a brilliant moment where Rey and Kylo have that connection. And then he looks down at his glove and there's rain from, from Octu on his glove. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. It's badass. It's really a good, like, subtle moment. And now that you're bringing Ahsoka through portals and shit, I'm like, well, who cares? Well, I think like, the, it becomes, like, the less thing with special. that is, like, I don't think the implications of the scene are alarming for the reason that she was just saying of, like, it's not very attainable. They don't make it seem easy. It's not going to cause you to question in the future, like, why didn't they just go travel through time? Because they had the weirdness with you have to go there through a mural. You have to access it through gates. The temple's now destroyed. So I'm not worried about the implications. I thought the weird thing about the time travel and temple thing was, like, narratively, I mean, essentially, it's like a test of Ezra's character. Like, it's a grieving episode. It's a children's show. It's a grieving episode. He has to learn the lesson that you can't bring your dead friend back because you want to. It was for the best, all that. 
Uh, and then the very like next episode, they have Palpatine do it again with his family. And you were like, he already passed this test. Like, uh, just from a storytelling standpoint, it's like, <laughs> he's like, no, I'm not going to give in to temptation. It's better that he's dead. I have to accept what is. And I destroyed the temple. And then Palpatine's like, no, I brought the temple back. And it's like, well, but we know right. what choice he's going to make. We just saw him make his choice. It, it was so weird for the final episode to kind of squander that time on that scene. Well, to be fair, I also I, really I have like to say that having a guest sit where Sam Witwer once sat do an emperor impersonation <laughs> so badly. <laughs> well, you're, re- you're reinforcing it for the kid mm-hmm. audience. And also you get a chance to hear Ian McDermott. And also, it was good to have him there. <laughs> I really like that they used a piece of what, like, supposedly the Emperor would have heard. Yep. Like, when he's at that portal the first time, he just says a throwaway line that you would think, in the time of the episode, you think it's a throwaway line, but he's like, I just, w- I just wish things could be simpler. I wish I could just be with my family. Live in- I wish my mm-hmm. life could have been different. And that's what he sort of uses to try to lure him the second time, even though it didn't work the first time. So I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I also think that that is like the, the ultimate like level-up version of him trying to use that power against him to get him to do the same thing. But they could have done one or the other. Maybe, I, maybe I, Ezra should have said, not fool me twice, right? shame on someone. I mean, well, how many like times do you have to destroy Sometimes the I same just wish temple. I had a DeLorean. In, 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 for instance, though, in, in Last Jedi, when Luke does his little appearing trick... It cost him his life. There was like a consequence that came for using that. In this instance, there was like nothing. It was just like it just really worked out well. I want the footage Except of Darth was... Vader after she gets like, like what did he do? Like, he fell she down disappeared. What did he do? What did he do when Obi Wan and he walked away like this? Like, yeah. What? Oh well. Vader went through the hole in the floor before she disappeared. Sorry. Vader went through the before she disappeared. Apparently, fired. I made a really good statement. He dropped the mic. <laughs> mic drop. Mic drop. Yeah, so, there's there's all about perception. He didn't see her go through the portal because he was too busy falling through the floor. What, what made the floor fall apart? She she did she because she hit it with both sabers right and destabilized the floor. Yeah, I don't know. I want a Jedi temple that's a bit more stable than yeah, well, just you know what? Solid like it's a Sith temple, yeah. dude. They don't use a lot of time. Dude. They're she impatient. was already under stress. You know, if you remember the episode, it, things were starting to fall apart by that ma- point. Ma- now, of course, like, kind of the Ikea of like Jedi That's temples. right. <laughs> And plus, you know, Malachor, nobody'd been there to like do uptake on the thing. Things were falling through the ceiling it already. It came with a hex key, but I didn't no use caretakers. it. No caretakers. It is so weird the thoughts that you have watching these shows because so you're in this this weird realm where Ezra's getting shown his family, and the whole time I couldn't stop thinking, it's like, why is there a button? Why is there a mystic button? Because just, it just walk. Through. Like, why do you have to open you a button? Because it makes him make a choice. Yeah, I know, but See, it's just so weird that like it the be a mystic realm the threshold, not a like in the mystic realm they installed buttons. Would he have to then wait for the elevator to arrive after, <laughs> after making his choice? I mean, I think, what you, you know, know about the force, dog? One of the things you mentioned though is you don't know why they use that. And to me, it seemed like you know the emperor has a goal. I mean, he didn't just try once with Luke. He didn't just try once with Anakin. He's somebody who looks for ways to get what he wants. So the first time through, it didn't work. But now he has something he thinks is actual leverage. 
And I think that you can put temptation in front of Ezra, save your master. That's one thing that maybe he can turn down. But for someone to hand him his family and say, you can have your family and your whole life without any of the things that happened here, you can go back and just be a just be with your family and be a kid again. But didn't it feel a little like, bit like I, a weaker temptation the second time? Because no. the first time it's the force. Like he's in a neutral space. He realizes this is a thing he could do. The second time it's Palpatine. Like you know you except, can't trust Palpatine. Except he, killed he his doesn't family. really know that. Right, he right. doesn't Not know Palpatine that. like. But he is the, the enemy he's against. He's in charge of the entire thing he's fighting. What is, but Ezra doesn't know him. He doesn't know that version of him. Palpatine shows up as this kindly old man, his stately self. Yeah. He's projecting this image. I'm here to help you. I, I thought that was to, odd, I want to take care of you. That way. But see, so did Ezra, though. To a kid? Yeah, yeah Ezra did. No, to, to Ezra when he was yeah. like being like, oh, I'm really nice now. I, I brought the temple back. Go on. And he was like, he was pushing a little too much. That's, that's where I think he failed. Is he, if he had just shut up, yeah. Honestly, I think Ezra yeah. would have gone through it was that last line. Because he kept being like, yeah, do that. And I thought yeah. to myself, I said, well, this is why the emperor not only fails with him, but with Luke. He doesn't know yeah. when to shut up. No. Like, you sold the Evil. car before, dude. Yeah. Cut the last line. But it's like when you've got, like, a prank set up in your house. Like, you open the door and something <laughs> will fall down. And the person won't go through there. And it's like, you That's really it. should go into the kitchen for some reason, please. They're already on the threshold. And you're like, yeah. That's if right. Just, open the door more. You know you want to go in the kitchen. And this like, is the other thing I, I used to Russia a lot. Is, like, is, these parents that the emperor conjured up, are they now doomed... Just a call to their son to come have dinner for no, the rest cool of the time. They were real I, at they all. They were cool yeah. with it. Ezra, it's getting cold. <laughs> they Ezra. Were, they were his real parents at were all. His parents were horrible, and that's Star Wars hell. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They weren't real. I don't I think, think they, they were, were real, real at all. Yeah, because Palpatine yeah. needed it in the real space, so they had to be real. And this is the other thing I was thinking. If there's Coruscant Tinder... Like, there is no way that Sheev isn't rocking that hologram you version. You know he is. And then when you rock up for the date, it's like this wrinkly old dude. And then the girl shows dude. up, she's like, the hell? I would like Korean barbecue. Or he's got, like, he's got group photos with, like, Emperor's Royal Guard and Darth Vader and Tark. And it's like, which one is it? I don't you know. know. And do you think any of those is word. a safe bet for your date? I'm talking at Tark and like, oh, that one. To this day, I'm still confused why people are confused about the whole connection between Rey and Kylo. Because to me, that made sense from Go. Because I knew they were being manipulated. But the, the physics of it, there's whatever that connection is, is the same, it's the same kind of thing within this portal, but it's a different use of the same technology. So I think that when we talk about that space, I think that space is different. I think from a storytelling perspective, though, it's a different use of taste as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the, uh, I think it looks different to anybody yeah. else that's using it also. But it's also a thing that's been used repeatedly in the, uh, like, if you start reading the books and start reading the comics, like, there's a lot of uh, talking about how the Emperor, everybody sees the Emperor and they're like, oh, that's what he looks like? I was watching this movie feed and he looked like a yeah. kindly old gentleman. Right. 
you know. Well, well like, they like, were, yeah. I mean, Palpatine looked like a nice, chill dude in Revenge of the yeah. Sith. You know, we didn't. Whoa. It's weird to see him. Like, for me, I remember being like, that's him? Because I remember do, the dude in the hood. Do you think the Coruscant Who magazine or People magazine has, like, galactic rulers yes. without makeup? Saw yes. Palpatine going to the grocery <laughs> store with yes. sunglasses and a jacket. Sith Lords, they're just like us. <laughs> If you're enjoying this episode of Steel Wars and you'd like to ensure that there are many more episodes for you to enjoy in the future, please pod it forward. Listener word of mouth is the number one way independent podcasts get the word out to new potential listeners. So no matter how many followers you have on social media, by retweeting the episode announcement or sharing on Facebook or wherever you talk about Star Wars online, it really helps us get new listeners. And let's be honest, it also helps my spirits knowing that you're helping out the team. And if you use iTunes, please log in for a quick, sweet five-star review. It is so appreciated. Why don't you do it now? As we go, back to the show. Geek Girl Diva, what was out of the, the last half of the season four? What was, your, what was your highlight? When were you foaming at the nerd mouth the most? Kindred. Oh, the you would. Kindred. Yeah. The, and also, though, I thought that Rebel Assault, the, the last episode before the break, I thought that episode was amazing. Which one was that? Rebel Assault, where, the one where she actually does the assault on, on the Empire and, uh, and ends up crash landing mm. and getting captured. And I thought that just, I'm sorry, but seeing Hera with commanding a squadron of X-Wings, I just lost costume? my mind. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like, you know, people, you know, obviously really love this show but at the same time it does have this huge advantage that every time like x-wings or a-wings would fly past i'm like this is the best episode ever you guys this is <laughs> this is her, amazing I mean, there's her, an x-wing and it's animated seeing her in the cockpit and seeing her leading the mission and having like a whole group of people and then having to watch all of that fall from the sky like to me one of the I think that Rebels really excelled at actually showing you the cost of certain things. Yeah. We've seen pilots die. We've seen ships go down. But Dicer. I think that there's, there are deaths in Rebels that happen in the battles that I think get seen from a different perspective that actually have more impact. And just watching all the Rebels standing there, watching Hera's whole command go down and just being like, I mean... Imagine you just stand there and be like, holy shit, you know, that's your family. And, and so I thought that was really incredible. I, I want to make a point to your, your comment on every time you see an A-wing or an X-wing that, oh, this is the best episode ever. And that's because it speaks to what all the fans mm -hmm. want. And if you just do what the fans want, you don't get Ezra, you don't get Kanan, you don't get Hera, you don't get this entire story because this is nothing that the fans ever imagined. The fans are clamoring for young Obi-Wan movie, you know, or a young Yoda Boba or, a Boba, yeah, or a Boba Fett movie. And, What's wrong you know, with that? If, 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 Somewhere Axel is looking the, at me mad. If the people in charge, you know, just listen to only what the fans say instead of trying to push 
the property forward and come up with new adventures and new characters and new people, then you're, you're stagnant. And, and all of a sudden, that A-wing that you get a glimpse of because you haven't seen it in a while becomes, oh, when are they going to do another story? Yeah, yeah. I would like, just for an experiment, for them to make a Star Wars movie purely based on fan feedback. <laughs> and it's oh, just that's like... That's Rogue One. Yeah. They already did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason, what was your highlight of the uh, second half of the fourth? No, my, my favorite moment is that very last shot from the, from the final... Not the last shot, but one of the final shots where you see the ghost flying over all of yeah. the people of um, Lothal from like that... Uh, kind of up top maze view kind of shot um, because no because in that moment like honestly I, I love Clone Wars to death there's actually like almost not an episode of the show I don't you were like. the one that canceled it no no <laughs> but uh, yeah but uh, no but 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 rebels there were times when I thought like do I need this what did this need to happen that's how I felt often and, um, and I talked him through okay, it. You got it but 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 the thing about it is in that last shot it makes it all worth it in that last shot when there is something that you say did that action matter? You can say yes because it leads to that moment. So for, for me, it was, I, I feel like three quarters of Rebels was really great and a quarter of it was just kind of aimless and, and lacking for me. And um, I think that that last shot though makes it where I can go, okay, like it, it works, it's fine. Yeah, there was like that, the final three episodes, it was just some like movie-esque beautiful beautiful shots the like, animation was incredible yeah like yeah, on yeah. paper I shouldn't enjoy the space whale bit <laughs> like I like but I thought it was like so well done and the visual of it was just like so compelling and so new that I was like oh yeah this is this is pretty dope yeah because like I have no no sympathy for um, Star Wars as an intellectual property that their shows are expensive like it's not, like not the same as like a normal cartoon and like, so in, that, in those last episodes, though, you could tell that it was expensive and you could tell that like, it was worth it. it expi- I, I, explain I, the non, no sympathy thing. Well, star, okay, like, like for instance, um, um, what, what's a PJ Mask or something. They might make that show and they might not make a dollar off of it. It might just be a, a huge like, loss. When it's Star Wars, you know it's going to somehow over time make its money back over time it's going to be worth it and we knew going into Star Wars Rebels that the show had a huge amount of interest before they ever showed it the amount of media coverage that was coming in like they they knew that they were going to be able to like make something that could work like it wasn't a high risk property at that moment and it wasn't the same as even Clone Wars which was much more expensive and so on that show, the, on Rebels, though, they go and then they cut the budget drastically, and may, maybe for good business reason. I, I don't pretend to know that stuff. But in, on those last episodes, it really showed off, and it really mattered. There were several characters in frame at one time, you know, stuff like that. And this show and these Star Wars shows are going to potentially be money makers forever after they come out. Like, PJ Masks is going to come out, and then the kids are going to turn four, and it's done. Bye. Forgot about you forever. God, Star you're really Wars, railing on this PJ concert. Well, it's what my kids watch. But, um, <laughs> but, but, no, but, but, but with Star Wars, I mean, like, honestly, if Ewoks came out today, I'm going to buy the freaking Blu-ray. If it came out today, I would buy it. I would hate it, probably, for not holding up and not being the show I remember when I was five, but I would still buy it, so it's going to make its money back. And it's like, 
penny-pinching for today, not considering that tomorrow is going to continue to reap the benefits. Now, maybe it's going to change a little bit with endless just Star Wars coming forever. Maybe stuff like that will be a little bit lessened. But even in that lessened way, they're, they're sitting high on the hog, sitting pretty. I don't really... As long as that Ewoks Blu-ray has got the, the theme song that's like, e e e e e Ewoks, then... Yeah, on the forest moon. And... When I, I used well, to watch that, in this theater. I used to watch that in the '80s, and I could never understand it why the main characters aren't in it. Like, um, why Luke Skywalker? Like, why would don't they it's know? Called Ewoks. Yeah, but I was like, but don't they know that we want to see Luke Skywalker? And I'd watch it every episode, and it would be like, we're gonna go pick berries this time. And I'm like, they've got to see a biker scout when they pick berries. This this is the episode every morning. <laughs> they never did. Did you have droids? Yeah, there's Star Wars, Wars in a droids. nutshell for you. Yeah, droids. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Star uh, Wars is built to make you want more. Whatever it is, you want more. See? <laughs> so there you are watching Ewoks, and you're like, where's a scout trooper? <laughs> then they make the sequel. The ironic thing is, where's the scout trooper? He's in this eternal plane with his helmet off, watching... His friends. That's, <laughs> that was like the one thing. They had this such a poignant thing that he's in this zone. I just, I, I kind of thought they should have got him into other out. Like it's so <laughs> weird when you like, this is such a groundbreaking scene in Star Wars. And then when you see like the frame grabs of it, he, it's just like a biker scout. It's a biker with scout with no helmet. It's just dress for but, the occasion, well, guys. But, but at the same time, isn't that as a, as a kid, what you did? I mean, that's what I did. When I was a kid, that biker scout had the lightsaber, man. Because he was like the coolest toy that they made. Dude, I would not have played with you. I was no, Luke, no. dude. I had a poncho, son. What? You're playing Star Wars like you're writing Marvel comics. Like I'm writing Rebels. <laughs> Sal, what was your highlight in the last half of the fourth I season? I think I'm going to have to say, like, I've thought about this a lot. And the part that I keep going back to in the finale is the Ezra and Sabine scene. The good... The, it's, it's a goodbye. Like, whatever you call it, it's a goodbye. Like... Ezra says to Hera, if this isn't the way, then find me the way. Then he turns, and he knows what he has to do. And he looks up, and he tries to find his way out. And he looks at Chopper, and Chopper gives him a nod. Yep. And the music is phenomenal. And then the little, like, the little hatch drops, and he does the one last time. Yeah. And then he looks at Sabine. I know. There's a, I like. I, I'm thinking. I can do it right now. This is stupid. Like, I see it. <laughs> you see it. <laughs> like, and then he looks at Sabine, and he's like, he's. They say goodbye. There are no words in the, this minute. This is like a good minute, minute and a half. There are no words. And Sabine turns, and she's like, Hera, over here. Let's can figure just, out how to distract. Blah, I want to point something out. No, they didn't do that. They screwed with you even more because she's like, Hera. And there's a pause. Yeah. And you're like, she's not going to rat him out, is she? And then she's like, over here, and does okay. the distraction. But then they go back to Sabine. The music is still hitting on all cylinders. And it's, she's looking for him. And she's looking. And Callus moves slowly out of frame. And he's already gone. <laughs> Every time I watch that shit, it breaks my heart. That, to me... That is equal to the moment in Clone Wars where Ahsoka and Anakin say their goodbyes. That is Ezra and Sabine saying their goodbyes. 
If you don't connect to the characters, that's whatever. But that's that moment oh, in Rebels. I just want to remind Dude, you. you retelling that moment is my favorite part of Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I was tearing up. I was like, he clenches me, his fist any harder, blood's going to get cut off. That's well, what, what it's what, like what to you, be me. Well, what are you going to do when uh, Sabine gets out there to the beyond and finds Ezra and they hook up? That would be disheartening. It's going to happen. And they hook up? It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Watch. Shut up. It's going to happen. By that point, Sabine... He doesn't know it yet. That's a Lizzie question. He knows after they get married. You know what? I'm going to... What was your uh, highlight of the uh, second part of season four? Well, I mean, my my favorite part was the coda at the very end. I just like the wrap-up of everything. And uh, uh, particularly what what happened with Zed uh, and uh, Callus. And I think that that story arc of those two, two characters was just a... Uh, a really nice journey and a wrap up. Uh, so that my uh, the uh, the second half of the whole show is when uh, when Hera switched her headphones for Beats by Dre. Yeah, baby. So you know, that was. <laughs> well, good Apple tie-in always helps. I I love that that the. Um, the Zeb and Callus uh, thing as well. Because that the episode they had together, like the Enemy Mine episode where yeah. they sort of want respect. The like Honourable Ones? Yeah, like that was just such like a great like episode. And then to like have that come back. I did think it was a little bit weird. It's like, hey, you killed most of us, but not all of us. So join the tribe. You totally, went, like <laughs> Totally space married, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, um, yeah, some... Interspecies homo. They look so happy together. It just it, it was like my, my fanfic, heart. like made as an episode. It was, it was so great. It was this little like, this yeah. is my man. Like, oh, we're trapped <laughs> in the snow. How are we gonna keep warm? Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Did anyone else start kind of eyeballing him as like a replacement man for Hera a little bit? Like Kanan wasn't even cold in the ground, I, and I was like, he has nice bone structure. I, I didn't, but I will say that uh, that I, I bless. The soul of whichever animator decided that lock of hair was going to fall right onto his forehead. <laughs> well, I am going point. to write some uh, Zeb and Callus erotic fan fiction. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and it's going to in line, and it's going to include the line, "You almost committed genocide on my heart." <laughs> I'd read that. I think it's going to be pretty good. What about the like? I think I recruited him accidentally. That's pretty good. That won't be in there. He'll um, follow me anywhere. I, I, I liked um, the, when Kanan saved Hera. Like, I, I like, it, it's sort of a bit of a trope of the drugged out person saying, you guys are all in a lot of trouble. Maybe it's from True Lies or something. And um, Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I like that. Oh, he's going to come from there. And, and I just liked it was he got to, like, Jedi it up. Yep. Like they were like uh-huh. they had the music and all that sort of stuff, and it was just a nice Jedi coming to rescue everyone. Sal, I, I do have to ask. It is a critique. Could you have imagined that when Kanan was blinded, it would affect him so little? Because <laughs> this dude's jumping from speeders to spaceships. No, you're right. You're right. And he's using catching like, baseballs. He's playing darts. There was a part in the beginning of season four where I was like, like he's not even using his gun anymore. Why is he even wearing his gun? And then he gets on the ghost turrets. But 
to be fair, like I really dig the growth that they give him at that moment to be like, yo, I need to rise above and I need to get beyond this physical bullshit. You need and to he, write the script. Yo. And he does. If no, no, that's what I got him yours. for. That's what I got uh, Kevin yo, for. All, all Kevin writes the scripts. I'll just be in the back going, yeah. All, Maybe add a yo. All Padawans start with, you know, the... the blindfolded. Uh, blindfolded. You know, you mm-hmm. know, defending laser bolts. So that's not unheard of. What bothered me... But, but in saying that, yeah. if that's the case of, like, they learn how to be blind, why make him blind? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I thought it was meant to be I to still challenge think him. it taught him something in the journey, yeah. even though at the end he's still able to walk around and be like, yo, I'm a Jedi, dude. I don't care. I'll still shoot you. What? Yeah. One nitpick, and I'd even discussed this with, with a, a couple of the, the production staff, and they didn't have an answer for it. I probably answered my own question, but the animators still animated Kanan as though he was seeing. And what I mean is that his his eyes tracked. Right, yep. right. And so that bothered me a bit. But that's just true of people a, that lose their vision, right? Yeah, they, yeah. Like instinctively, they still they, yeah, do they it. Sti- and because in some says, well, you know, yeah, when you've lost your vision, if you've not been blind since birth, if you've lost your vision, your eyes will still track. And then also I thought just from a, from a standpoint of just how it looks, if you didn't have that the character's face would be dead. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, that was that was like my one gripe of the series. Was it says his eyes are tracking and he's blind. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Sal. Did Kanan's blindness affect him or you having to wear that mask more? <laughs> I we bumped think into more things. I had a lot harder time making my way through celebration with that mask. <laughs> So, but like, it, it's funny you bring that up because when I made that thing, I was like, I want to be the one guy that has the mask what, that what? can do stuff. Like, I have, I have the mask. Why aren't you clean shaven with a crew cut, dude? Like, would you calm down for a minute? I'm playing, <laughs> I'm, I'm playing a weird part in a book where I think I can still be fully scruffy like a season four canon, but I can still be a new Don jacket so I don't get in trouble with Saber Guild. Like, I, I in in season four. Just so He's you know, walk- Kevin, he was petrified when he saw that. His first thought was, oh my God, don't tell me I have to cut my hair and You shave. guys didn't see me at the... Oh, well, yeah, oh first of all shit. that. First of all that. But also, second of all, at the end of season two screening, you were there. Yeah. Yeah, that was tough days. But, like, the... the oh, I forgot what question was now. Whatever. <laughs> Blind Kanan. You know, if I could, as far as Blind Kanan, one of the only things that really did, it bugged me in the sense that I, I, part of me was like, man, he just, he can see everything. And then I was like, and then, and it bugged me for about 30 seconds. And then I was like, he can see everything. Is a force. Okay. Like, I, I guess that's part of it is, is. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought that if someone. For it, me, the journey was the, his confidence in himself that when he lost his vision he lost his confidence he lost his he lost his way and he had to find that again the way he can see things or the way he's able to shoot stuff and then every once in a while they drop in something that was so great like the fact like in um i forget what the episode name is but Sabine's flying around with all these troopers shooting the crap out of everything and like Ezra and Zeb are like, whoa! And Kanan's like, what's she doing? Because he can't (laughs) see. And it's bugging him. Like he wants to see what she's doing. So every once in a while they throw something like that in. But 
I think some of it just has to come down to suspension of disbelief. And I think that's one of the things that Star Wars really, everyone's one of the challenges it, and then I think you just kind of have to go, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think like what you're saying with the growth and stuff, they tried to do that, but maybe like lost their way. Like, and, and, and it. Like, I think there's I, only I, so much time. Yeah, but. I think at some point you just gotta be seasons. like. But I, no, but. I think, I think, this is my thing. If someone would come in and watch an episode in season three and they weren't aware of what had happened, yeah. they wouldn't know he was blind. They just think, hey, that dude's got a sweet mask. But he walks like this. He does. It does takes, he? yeah, it takes a while. You yeah. see some of it and yeah. he gains. He gains some of his stuff and how he interacts with the Force and what he knows. But That's how I would walk. Yeah. All right, let's go into the coda, which I th- was very surprised to have this, you know, flash forward. And it was kind of exciting that to find out she was talking from post-Return of the Jedi. One thing that you pointed out on Twitter, Kevin, was it seemed familiar to me, but it didn't hit me, but... The shot of Sabine on the broadcast tower and the ships going over, whereas in Rebels it was a Star Destroyer at the start on episode one. Yeah. Um, that's a different episode one, you guys. But the final shot like of her and the X-Wings go across, which is a lovely little bit of uh, ring theory. Yeah. We all had our <laughs> ring on for that one. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I thought that was really cool, the, the twist around in that. But... Let's analyse some of the things they went into. Um, Zeb and Callus, how did, did what did you how did you feel about that wrapping up, Shayna? I thought it was great. I thought that um, I think that Callus is somebody that by the end of the series deserved to have that knowledge. That, and I think it shows the power of the Lasat people. That he may have been part of what you know, <laughs> decimated the Lasant people, but that in the end, that they're able to accept him and also that he's able to accept himself. I thought one of the best lines in the whole thing was when he said to Price, the day I stopped betraying myself was the day I started, you know, the, the, the day I started, uh, the day I stopped following the Empire is the day I stopped betraying myself. And I think that there's a lot to be said about that. And so for me, Zeb and Callus, but Cal- Zeb showing Callus Lyrason and then the Lasat accepting him as family, I think is just huge. And I think that it's nice because we don't actually get to see a lot of Imperials be redeemed. Mm. Like we don't see that. And I think it's really interesting and I think it speaks to the fact that one of the reasons I think Lost Stars, the novel, did so well is because it shows Imperials as people that really, especially mm-hmm. if you look at the world right now, you know, there are people who live in certain headspaces and believe certain things because of the information that they're given. And that information may be true or false, but they believe it. So really, Callus is just part of the empire because he grew up into the propaganda that's been out there and he believes he's doing the right thing. It's not until he's told or really experiences something that maybe he's not doing the right thing and then he makes a choice. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I, I think Lost Stars would have done better if they called it They Have Sex. 
Don't don't go don't go cheapening Lost Stars. Lost Stars Dude, is such a good Dude, I was reading those pages story. and I was like, oh my god. This well, then is maybe crazy. you need to spend some time on Ao3 because all you need to do is spend some time there. You get the sex out of the way, and then you can just enjoy the story <laughs> in Lost Stars. <laughs> Because I'm going to tell you right now, there's some really good stuff on Archive of Our Own. reread. Jason, one of the things in the coda that I was like, why did you have to mention that? Why was Rex in Return of the Jedi? Yeah. I, I, I like to think that it, it was a little bit open, though. Like, it says that it is served with, with Hera. Yeah. And, and, I, I, and I, I, Hera's, I assume Hera's not on... The planet, because we didn't see some green lady walking around on Endor. So I, I, I like to pretend in my head that he's up there flying around with her as her gunner. In the girl, not in the tree. becoming an old white British man all of a sudden. Yeah. So he's up there in the ghost yeah. with like quite brown skin. He's yes. with the, okay, he's with the B-wings. Okay. He's like, I'll look like Tamara Morrison. And so no one's like asking him for presents or anything like that? Nope. Okay, good. Nope. Can I, I'm gonna, I want to address something just because... This really bugs me. Um, there's a lot of people who are upset that the possibility that that man that we've talked about in the picture could be Rex because in some way it's whitewashing Rex. Except for the fact that in my mind, that film happened 40 years ago and the events of, of Rebels happens before that movie. So in essence, whatever image we have of Rex from Attack of the Clones and Rebels yeah. supersedes whoever that dude was in but, Return of the Jedi. But now, now we got like little guys playing harmonicas in Jabba's Palace. Spend the, the 10 grand. Put Tamara Morrison in the shot. We're good. Yeah, but dude... Don't, don't, no, it doesn't have to be that cheap. If you're going to do it, if you're going to invest in it, then invest in it. We accept that there's this concept of an all-powerful force and we can't just turn our heads around a little bit and be like, yeah, the dude in that movie that was made I don't know how long ago... That's tomorrow, Marissa. I think it's insulting to the Maori people that were really happy that it, they're in a Star Wars movie and that it, it's really like a big deal that it's so many uh, of them got into really big role. And then when you go in and at the end of it, you take it away. Because I mean, like, even Rex is really, really white in that series compared to like. Tamara Morrison, I think. No, but I'm saying and that I do think that there is something to be said for. Personally, I'd be like, good. Y'all yeah. fix that I shit. Just, I just don't have and sympathy just, for Disney. They got the they got the money, man. Then they'll make they, another they can, release, and then they'll make a ton no, of money no, no, off the, that. The, and they'll no, be like the no. Rex special okay. edition. And, and, and that's what I say. No, 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 that's what I say. Like, if you, if that's what it's gonna be, then change the a shot. But in the but, end, but don't don't not change the shot and like Star Wars customizable card game it by just saying now that's except Rex. for the fact that I think what's cool about it is is that in the beginning what we have now is we have more diversity now than we had at the time. Sure. Which means I would much rather have the diversity and just have to shift my brain about that one dude at the end of, yeah. of Return of the Jedi, than someone go and address that and somehow me have to say well that supersedes this, mm -hmm. this supersedes that. I'm on yeah. And I think that's but cool. It's just one of those things that doesn't need to happen that way, though, if they want it to happen. By the way, this is what Star Wars I, nerds argue <laughs> about. And I think they left no, it no, open. Like, we just get into that for a second. This is the minutia that we get into. Like, I, do really? you think, no, but, like, to be honest, yeah. do you think it's minutia that you, like, go, you've got a Maori character, and then it's like, it's fine, it's a white dude. Like, no. can, can, like, a white-skinned girl play Hera? And it's like... It's just suspension of disbelief. Except Can Seth Cohen play Lando Carissian? I look at what I have to look at is the prog is the the progress. Okay, the way a movie was made at whatever time it was made 
we've moved forward in that time. So in the end, look, you can look at movies from the 70s and you're like, well, this is sexism and this is racism and this is this and this is that. This is all of, you know, this is, this is um, but, all but, kinds but of stuff. But aren't you saying the opposite? No. Because like, like now in 2018, yeah. like they're saying it, his heritage doesn't really matter. That's not true. They're saying they're his saying heritage that. absolutely matters. They established his heritage. Okay, so there was this guy in a movie, right? We didn't have a name for him. Is Nick Sant or whoever he so was. Some Claus. dude there in the scene, right? Nick's, then they created Attack of the Clones. And we Sant got Nick. Tamora Morrison. And then we got the Rex clones and the Clone Wars. So it was established as canon at that point. But also, the character maintains the same heritage here. So what it's doing is it's revising history. It's progressive now. All you're really doing is you're saying to yourself, so this thing I thought was that, I'm just going to shift that. Otherwise, you're, you're basically mm. having to... But, but like, that's, that's I don't how get you too bogged down. It, to me, it just means for the little nerd links, yeah. where like, for the sake of that, we're willing to ignore this person. What I'm saying is that if you accept it, if you look at it for the progress it is and you accept it, then all you have to do is change one moment as opposed to invalidating everything else along the way. I, how does like him not being in Return of the Jedi invalidate the character's story? But you, that's what you just said. So no, I, I'm, just I'm saying that him, if he, is in, if he is in Return of the Jedi, that who he is in Return of the Jedi is changed by everything that's come after. So the only thing you have to shift in your mind is who he was in Return of the Jedi. Everything else remains the same. But how can we get mad and disappointed about like the hiring of only white male directors and then and then and then say that like it's okay that they've essentially recast Rex as a white man? Because the I mean, world but, has but, changed dramatically. But, but no, since that no, because like all Disney would have to do though is spend the twenty grand or whatever it would cost. To use the CGI model of the clone that they have to make it the old guy with the beard, and it wouldn't be like. But if they don't do it, and then they go and do it, then that's event, essentially what it is. See, I think it's that. It, like, I actually want that to be Rex. I'm cool with it. I actually like like if they make that Rex, I like that. I like Rex being there on indoor with the guys. I like it, but I don't like basically them retro casting a white dude as Tamara Morrison. Like it, it just—it just seems like if you—if it's that important, then spend the money. If it's not, then just don't do it. Just put him on the ghost. I feel like it goes backwards. I feel like I, I don't feel like that Tamura Morrison became a white dude. Right. I feel like that white, white dude, dude became, became Tamura Morrison. Morrison. Exactly. Like I feel like there's 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 two maybe three shots in which he's in in Return of the Jedi. Now, if if he's that dude, and you go back and you apply all this counterproductive where he has lot. He has lines. He has, uh, in episode two, he has lines. In episode three, he has lines. And if you go back into the Clone Wars, then there's like all this, uh, this, this backstory that you apply to this character. I feel like applying that to this person is a much smaller change than trying to, like, I, I don't disagree with you in saying that, like, yeah, dude, spend the 20000 and CG that full face on this guy's face. Are we, like, I get that, but also I'm sure there are legal things... Like, 
hey, George Lucas sold us Star Wars, and now we, this is, we can't change Star Wars. Are we talking Boba Fett and Return of the Jedi? That Sorry? changed. Are we that voice changed. No, we're talking Commander Rex. Um, there's, there's a guy that I guess people have pointed to and said, that's Captain Rex, but yeah. it's like a white guy. Oh. And it's like, that's not Captain Rex, because he's not a white guy. He's Jango Fett. Just from where I sit, it's like, it's such, like people say, just ignore it, it's such a little thing. So I go, well, if it's such a little thing, don't do it, because it's on the fence of... I like, don't think that well, that's even been, but 100%, I don't think that's actually ever been established. It's been a conversation. It's been a throw-off well, comment. What do you well, mean? What, what if that, because yeah. Filoni... What do you mean it's not established? Filoni didn't establish it. Oh, okay. He said Rex was there. He didn't say yeah, where. Yeah. And but, there's fans but, who have but, said, but, but what if it's him? Let's, like, be serious. They've got the character model. It looks it's the same, like... It's all right. the pieces are it's there, and, and he's like doing Ahsoka lives, Ahsoka lives. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. It's up to you. Right. Like it's, it, they've done everything except say it's definitely him. It's I a have, very aggressive suggestion. Yeah, yeah. And I have a hard. The thing I have a hard time with is, is that I have a hard time with the idea that because that thing happened at that point before there were these conversations really about diversity and about and about bringing these kinds, you know, different races and people into this thing and because we had this character who is Maori and we created him and brought him forward I have a hard time with the idea that that somehow invalidates that a white guy in that movie at that time invalidates all the work and the progress that has happened because I don't think it erases it no I, I don't think it does but what it does say is like our nerdery is more important than the Maori heritage. For this little thing to go, oh, it's cool he's in that, that's all it is. That, like, we are saying, I would rather have that than, like, recognise that, like, like, yeah, like, like Daniel Logan and Tamira Morrison are Maoris. And, mm -hmm. and I know, like, because Australia is next yeah. to New Zealand where they come from, they were psyched. And I, like, I, when it sort of started coming up last year, they did the thing of celebration, I'm like, maybe I'm crazy. And so I, like, I Facebook some of my Maori friends in Melbourne and said, "Hey, how do you feel about this?" And they're just like, "Oh man, that sucks." We were so proud of Tamira that he was in Star Wars. It was insane. So I, I kind of think for such uh, a trivial like nerd thrill, I don't think it's worth the like just saying. Well, he had a beard, completely different colour, because you can, like, adapt that and, and then say, okay, well, that guy, that's Sabine, but that's a guy. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just a quick shot. Yeah, like, it's, it's better even to say he was there, but we didn't see him, but right. he was there. And here's where I think go, that, there like... There he is. That's that, him, right? That looseness, like I think, him. applies like, here. <laughs> no, that was low grade. <laughs> like, I agree with what you're saying, but I also say, like, that the fact that they didn't say it, like you're right they've done everything but say that's him but they haven't said that exactly they haven't said so we that have wiggle room yeah but no but, but that no but that but. is even worse because that is a we didn't say it was but we gave you all the ingredients like, they make. are saying that if you want to believe that all the parts are there the and I, don't, I don't know how you can that they can that. take that maori character and involve him from the galactic uh from the separatist from the clone wars all the way up to the civil war I think is a good thing. Yep. But then I think you run into this weird reality where George Lucas sold Star Wars and there are strange rules on a contract like you can't change shit. No, like, I think they can okay. do whatever because they feel if like. if 
they go back and say, let's, let's fucking replace Rex's face with Tamara Morrison. Does that open up the days to all those like uh, people on Twitter that are like, fuck the prequels, one, two, and three are redone. Yeah. Like, where does that, like, and I'm not saying that it's right or that it's wrong. I'm saying that in, I, I, don't, I don't know if well, Nick Sant is supposed to, to be him or not, but well, I think involving Rex into the Battle of Endor is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. But, but I don't think George Lucas would even, do, I'm guessing, but I would guess that he would be like, yeah, cool, do it. I yeah. like to change my right. movies. Right, right. Based on right. characters I created. And we don't know that at some point they won't. Are we really yeah. devoting 30 minutes to a character who flashed on a screen for... Oh, this has been a six-month-long well, discussion. Well, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But Ahsoka, they didn't say, hey, that tree's Ahsoka. Right. They just made another scene, <laughs> and she's in it past Return of the Jedi. See? Ta-da! It's done. What did you think, Sal, about Ahsoka coming back? Um, I like the idea that there is a future in some of these characters. That's the end of my sentence. Agreed. <laughs> All right, you guys. As we wrap up and get to drinking... Yay! Obviously, the, uh, the book is open for more animation and we don't really know. There's, it could be... Jason Solo, could be Ahsoka and Sabine. Jason uh, Sindula. Geek El Diva, where would you like the next animation to start off at? I want it to be somewhere I don't expect at all, honestly. You want to be what, sorry? I want it to be somewhere I don't expect at all. Like, I don't even want to, to speculate on it because I want it to be something I didn't think of, just like Rebels was something I never would have thought of. Nice. So. Jason? Um, I would just obviously like to see it go into the sequel trilogy era where they're telling, currently telling stories so that the stories and the animation sort of supports and lines up with the films that I'm watching. Sal. Star Wars Legacy. Cade Skywalker. Way after all this bullshit. <laughs> way. <laughs> Kevin. Uh, I'd like to be surprised. I don't, I don't, I have, I have no, you know, great desire to see anything in particular except for tag and bank nice <laughs> yeah now jenny apart from uh my little pony meets the giant spiders where would you uh like the animation to go um i would love the next animated series to be called jedi school kids and it's set at a jedi school on some like lush beautiful planet like an old school jedi school not like a coruscant like rec room Jedi Dig it. Um, and then now. there you go and it's a revolving door cast of Damn like 30 wrong. kids it's like a hey Arnold but they're at Jedi I, school I, little misadventures <laughs> different characters every time and giant spiders in the will jungle. there be music <laughs> will there be music I wonder oh, if they're course. singing thank you um, there's a song every episode sometimes the spiders are singing it <gasps> <gasps> green light this immediately yeah. mm-hmm. wow yeah. <laughs> 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 well, thank you, panel, everyone. Geek Girl Diva, where can the good people of the internet track you down? You can find me um, pretty much everywhere as Geek Girl Diva. And please, if I said anything you find offensive or in any way uncomfortable. It is never my intention to upset anyone or offend anyone, so please don't come yell at me. I didn't mean it. 
It was a good discussion. I'm just saying, whatever it is, in the end, I love Star Wars. Don't come yell at me. Thank you. Or better yet, if they're on the internet, wait till they see you. Oh, don't do that either. No, no, because they won't. Come up to me and offer to buy me a drink. That's great. (laughs) They're just space movies. And we're just talking about them, you know? Yeah. Jason. Spacefighters.com. Oh, that's your website? Spacefighters.com? I thought it was was spacefighter.net. Yeah, Mark (laughs) Hamill called it .com, so we changed it. Mr. Perales. You can find me at Sally Make Music on Twitter and Instagram. You can find my whole family at theroguerebels.com. You can hear me and Jason and Randy Laguduche along with Corey Stories at Now This Is Podcasting. Some people are laughing. They must know what Corey Stories are. Kevin, where can the good people of the internet find you? You can find me at Simsy's Bar on Fridays at yeah! Happy Hour in uh, other than that, you can find me. Uh, all, social, all social media uh, is the Kevin Rubio. So Twitter, Instagram, Tinder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, these plugs are getting pretty hot. Also, I want to mention that Marvel Comics in uh, uh, ahead of Solo is re-releasing Tag and Bink, the graphic novel, in in print. Uh, they are doing this to test the audience to see if they want more Tag and Bank. And Tag and Bank is really, really good. If you guys oh. haven't read it, you should definitely read it. Funny stuff. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. And of course, Tag and Bink are in Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. Tag and Bink are in Han Solo. Jennifer, where can the good people of the internet find you? I'm on Twitter as Jenny Nicholson, and I'm on YouTube as Jenny Nicholson. <laughs> nice. Good branding. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Thanks. Give me a round of applause for everyone at the Scum and Villainy Cantina, JC and the crew. Stick around, have a drink, grab a T-shirt, and we'll be back here for a solo breakdown on May 26th. So we'll see you there. Tickets are on sale. May that force be with you! Hey, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that super fun, very lively debate, discussion, conversation podcast about the finale of Star Wars Rebels. If you enjoyed the podcast, please pod it forward, share it about the internet. And if you're on iTunes, write one of those sweet five-star reviews. It is so appreciated. And if you're in Melbourne, we've got our live shows over the Easter weekend for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And if you are in the LA area, May 26th, Scum and Villainy Cantina will be back with a all-star cast breaking down Solo, a Star Wars story. It is the, I think it's the Memorial Long Weekend, so uh, plenty time to uh, get down to Hollywood and back. And I am so excited because I am hearing rumours, confirmed rumours, but then other vague rumours of uh, many listeners flying in for the weekend, seeing a bit of solo with their friends in LA and then checking out the live podcast. And of course, the podcasts drift well into the night at the Scum and Villainy Cantina. After the mics are turned off, the drink taps are turned on. Well, actually, the drink taps are turned on before the show starts because I like to have a beer before I start. But 
um, what I'm saying is it is a uh, an awesome time to uh, hear some discussion about Star Wars and then hang out with just such a cool group of uh, Star Wars fans that I'm thrilled attend the live shows. And over the next week, I will be announcing a few of the guest names that will be attending the show on the panel. And uh, pretty stoked, pretty stoked. A few classics, a few new ones, and one fly-in, which is super, super cool. But you can get tickets for that now uh, if you go to steelwars.com forward slash live. There's a link in the show notes and on this website. But uh, you can grab tickets now. They're just 10 bucks, and uh, I promise the best time ever. On our Patreon feed at the moment, uh, we have uh, two new episodes that are not on the normal feed. We've got the new Robo Report, and we have got uh, a new Q&A with me answering questions. So um, if you're not a Patreon, it is a great way to get extra content every week and support the podcast well into the future. For just $3, you get uh, all the bonus shows on an exclusive RSS feed that is download um, onto your podcast app like any other podcast, but it is a, a secret little code that you punch in that takes a few seconds and then it just downloads. And you get the episodes uh, without announcement interruptions in the middle. And you get the bonus shows. You get our live commentaries and the full archives of the uh, all our full-length interviews. And the cool thing about all our interviews is most of the content on there is pretty timeless. We're not um, discussing the news so much, but uh, timeless thoughts and feelings about the Star Wars saga here at patreon.com forward slash steel wars that got very um paid content late night television there for a second next up we've got some steak knives that i have to tell you about you guys but um i hope you are following us on uh, twitter all social media uh it's at steel wars i love discussing star wars online and um, if you're following us on Twitter or on Instagram, if you are on Facebook, make sure you're in our special podcast group. It is the Steel Wars Listener Star Wars Safe Haven. You can get a link to that on steelwars.com or on our Facebook page. And it is a, uh, a I guess, a locked group, a hidden group, whatever. It's not hidden. It's locked. You've got to be a member to see what's in there. But it's just a place where we discuss Star Wars without fear of getting framed or yelled at or all caps and all that sort of stuff. And you just have to answer a few basic questions. When you hit join, a little window should pop up and ask you three questions. Very easy questions if you have listened to the podcast, especially if you've listened to the Ben Mendelsohn podcast, it'll be very easy for you to answer these questions. And um, then we'll let you in. And it's a, it's, it's a really fun vibe in there. Very mellow, sane people talking about Star Wars in a sane way. It is the best of times. Uh, also, if you uh, don't already listen, I Love Green Guide Letters 
is up. Uh, my other podcast has a new episode with uh, Jason and Randy from MakingStarWars.net. Now, this is podcasting and the Fingered podcast. They joined me as we review complaint letters from the Australian TV Guide. It is a bizarre format of podcast, but several people find it very entertaining for a few years now. So check that out. I love Green Guide Letters. Thank you guys so much. And may that force be with you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.